Welcome to Breaking the Glass Slipper. I'm your host, Megan Lee, and I'm joined by Charlotte Bond and Lucy Hansom. And today we're going to be talking about gender swapping. So in the wake of things like the Ghostbusters reboot and a number of other film reboots which are gender swapped, which we'll get into a bit later, we wanted to talk about why this trend is happening, what can be achieved by it, and what you know terrible, pointless gender swapping actually looks like as well. So the first question to start us off today is what can be achieved by gender swapping? Well, I quite like one of the articles that you sent round. Um, I think it was. Was it the IndieWire one? Because that's the one I really enjoyed. Yes, it was the IndieWire one. And it made a very interesting point that um, a lot of the women that sort of being gender swapped around are in their sort of late 30s and early 40s, which is a time when women are usually considered beyond their star status. But in contrast, men are usually considered to be entering their prime. And some of the gender swapping roles are actually to give more leading roles to women within this age category which I think is a brilliant idea because they're quite right just because a woman isn't necessarily going to be the the young nubile heroine doesn't mean that they haven't still got something they can bring to a movie Uh, oh yeah and technically surely they with age you get better at what you do so they're fantastic actresses yeah, and most people know that, but I'm guessing that Hollywood somewhere along the line has decided this is not the case because there is a, a dramatic sort of loss of them. I mean, you think about people like, I suppose, Nicolas Cage and um, they sort of just, they have their, their style. Yeah, they have their style and, and their characters that they do really well and, and they keep going. Uh, and I mean, if you want a villain to die horribly, there's always going to be a role for Sean Bean somewhere. <laughs> but, um, you know, for women, you, you, there's not really... I suppose Sandra Bullock tends to be reasonably cast as the same sort of of character, but even then it's kind of kooky and young. And now that she's getting on a little bit, I think she's starting to redefine that and try and find a new niche with things like gravity and and other things like that. Although, did she do a terrible movie recently about um, a cop that just looked terrible? Is that, am I imagining that or uh, or did that actually happen? Possibly. I I don't know it if it did. But what I see is that you, you know, you kind of get. The women in the sort of the young category and then into the uh, we're aging but trying really, really hard to still look very young. And then they kind of disappear, not in terms of, you know, the celebrity and that, that we don't hear from them, but there's just not the roles for them that we're not seeing them on our screens until they get, you know, much older. And then you have people like Judy Dench and all that. And it's Maggie kind Smith, of, yeah. Yeah, you kind of get those extremes. There's the young women and then there's the older women. And, you know, once they're in sort of later middle age and onwards, you know, it, it there's that weird time when they just, women of that age seem to disappear from our screens. It's interesting. It was like we were talking about at the uh, Nine Worlds um, discussion about where exactly is the bottleneck? Is it that... Um, they're just people just aren't writing these scripts with older female protagonists in it or that they're writing them and getting them turned down or you know where exactly is it but I mean the good thing about gender swapping is that it does give as the um, IndieWire article said it gives a sort of an in for these particular actresses because you go if you're pitching for it you go to um, the the film companies and say well look it's a tried and tested formula and now we're rebooting it which is a great big thing since all these super superhero movies they're all in, rebooting is the thing at the moment and I know that there's a lot of complaints that there is a lot of original stuff and I think that is a valid complaint uh, just in general of the, the industry but it does have a benefit for female actresses of this age age bracket that they are now beginning to have better roles offered to them because people are going oh this is brilliant everybody loves Ghostbusters how can we do it new I know let's put women in it 
and in a weird way it's it, depending on how it's phrased I suppose it could be slight, seen as slightly sexist and condescending but they managed to pull it off very well and I mean I've been to see the new Ghostbusters movie and it was it was really well done um, I think the original chemistry is there but in a female form so they haven't just made um, uh, what was it I think it was the, the Renegade Cinema article was talking about the Ms. Male character where you just literally put a male, take a male character and put a woman in that role without thinking at all about how or whether a woman would actually fit that kind of role and have that kind of attitude in that character. And I think in Ghostbusters, the thing that I loved about the original one was the chemistry between them all and the fact they were all really kind of bumbling and, and daft and shabby and scruffy. And I was looking at it going, please don't put them in like, you know, skin tight lycra or anything and, and have them being, you know, really sexy or whatever. And I mean, one of them was just... She wasn't sleazy like Bill Murray's character was, but she was kind of, you know, quite a, a, a ladies, ladies man. No, wrong way around. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? She she was kind of she always had an eye out for the boys kind of thing. And I think that it worked really well because they managed to keep a few essences of that character, but transform them into a proper female role without actually making it just look like it was um, uh, it was Venk- was it Bankman? Um transposed into you know a female body and I think that worked really really well and it was something that was very well achieved by gender swapping yeah I mean I had a few issues with Ghostbusters but they were all to do with nonsensical plot elements rather than uh, (laughs) the gender swapping aspect but uh, as we all know that I'm rather picky so (gasps) really you should should write something down and and show us all Megan yeah yeah But I mean, the thing for me is, so, you know, you have Ghostbusters and all this and, and you know, now we're getting uh, Ocean's, uh, Ocean's 8, with, but with the female cast and, you know, there was talk a while ago of Expendables, which is the most horrific name for a gender swapped Expendables. But, you know, I mean, nobody needs another Expendables. We just we just don't stop no no no, no. i i read the uh, the summary that they gave and i thought that summary was absolutely fantastic and i would totally totally go and watch that movie that sounded awesome um but uh, i don't suppose the the uh, the actual expender bells will uh, seem anything like that but if the the one in the article was uh, was produced that looked quite good fun i'd totally watch that <laughs> with a different name i hope that's just that's a terrible name well it's not so bad when it's the mummy is it because that's the mummy anyway (laughs) (laughs) yes and we are supposedly getting a female mummy this time although i don't think that'll make uh tom cruise any more watchable but that's that's another issue entirely (laughs) the question is will the female money money mummy be sexualized um i mean the the nice thing about um the the mummies with brendan fraser was that I suppose there was the the love element there, but there wasn't any kind of sexual chemistry or anything. It was just he was the the monster. And it would be quite nice to see a woman who is just a monster and is not driven by love or sex or, or anything like that, or at least, you know, not for the uh for the protagonists. But we'll have to again we'll have to wait and see. I mean, these gender swapping things are so hit and miss that uh, Ghostbusters are a really good one and let's hope that um its success is going to uh, to encourage Hollywood to make some more. Although I forget who was telling me that uh, it can't be shown in China and that's a yeah. massive market. So mm-hmm. there could be problems with uh, with sort of funding for that going onwards. But fingers crossed that it's had positive enough review elsewhere that it'll be the start of a good trend. Yeah, I mean, for me, gender swapping, you know, the the reason when it would actually work is when it has something to say. And I think um, sort of the 
a metaphor, but you know, the, what I was thinking of as an example didn't actually have anything to do with gender swapping, but I thought it was <laughs> a good idea to kind of explain what I mean when I say it, you know, it has to have something to say. Um, so, do you know The Odd Couple, which was originally a play in 1965, um, and it's a film, it's been made into a film a couple of different times. Um, I'm a big fan of it, the original. Um, well, the not the play, the uh, original film with Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, the play came about because there was a rise in divorce and single men started to live together on, you know, a more regular basis. And it was kind of commenting on this new phenomenon. And uh, they did actually gender swap this in the 80s. There was an 80s <laughs> uh, female version of the play, um, which was quite fun. And they even had, like, you know, the dumb men... Uh, instead of the dumb women that they uh, <laughs> they were romancing, which uh, is quite fun. Uh, but then you have, say, uh, the new sitcom with Matthew Perry, which is just awful. And see, for me, that completely fails because it's no longer saying anything interesting. Because divorce, you know, and men having to live together, people having to live together as friends when after you know, divorce and so on. It, it's just not something new anymore. So it doesn't, it doesn't have anything new to say. So for me, when a gender swap could work is when they use the gender swapping to say something about our culture, our society, or about the original story um, and so on. Well, that's why I'm kind of hopeful for um, the remake of Ocean's Eleven, which has the potential to be fantastic. I mean, if you think about the original one, I mean, I'm not a guy, but if I was a guy, I totally want to be George Clooney or Brad Pitt from that. It looks fantastic. There's someone for everybody to, you know, aspire to and really, you know, wish that they could be that guy because they're so cool. They're so smooth. Um, And I think if you could make an Ocean's Eleven with women where the women are portrayed as exactly the same strong and smooth and slick and smart and not in all their power suits but you know in in proper good looking clothes and I think if it's intelligent and witty because I I really like the Ocean's Eleven and the 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 twist in it it was a a brilliant twist I couldn't see coming the first time I watched it I think you could really like Megan says say something about modern society because there are a lot more women at the top a lot more women in roles that were traditionally taken by men. And I think this movie would be a good way to showcase that so long as they get it right, so long as they show the women as women properly and don't just go, well, let's just have some women and make them uber sexy and in power suits and then have the the nerdy one just to balance it all out and then it'll be fine. If they actually put some thought into it, I think it could be a really, really good movie and um, balance out all the others as well because they were fantastic. I enjoyed the other movies. Well, I'm just wondering how on earth, um, well, what on earth a gender swapped splash is going to contribute? <laughs> I, I kind of like that idea with the yeah, a, a male mermaid because we don't really get many male mermaids, do we? I, that I is a quite an intriguing. Sorry, merman. 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 Um, uh, sorry to all those mermen out there that we just got the terminology <laughs> wrong. Apologies. Yes, <laughs> we may just have lost a key demographic of our audience there. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, what did the original splash bring? It, it, did it bring anything useful? It was just a bit of fun, wasn't it? Really? 
So as long as this next movie is just a little bit of fun and avoids terrible stereotyping and awful moral messages, then it will hopefully have achieved the same as the original. Ah, but what Megan was saying is that for gender swapping in her book to really work, it's got to be saying something of value. Yeah, well, I mean, that's because if we're talking about gender, well, gender swapping sort of inherently means that it's a reboot or a remake of some kind. So, you know, in that sense, I I don't see the point of, you know, I don't really see the point of remakes anyway. Um, but if you're going to do that, there has to be a reason for it, really, to me. Because if there's no, you know, why else are you doing it? Is it, you know, obviously they're just doing it for the cash cow. They have no original ideas. But, <laughs> you know, he should have a reason. Like, this story should need to be told or, you know, you really want to tell this story. And yeah. That's why I'm wondering yeah. what how how they're going to make that work with Splash. To be honest, I haven't seen it since I was a very small child. <laughs> so honestly, I think kind of the same, yeah. Can't really remember what it was about, but I think it would certainly be interesting when you have sort of, you know, the the romance or the bit where the, you know the helpless kind of person is is the male character, which I do believe like Daryl Hannah was quite you know, she needed to be kind of looked after in a sense. Um, you know, that should, could be a nice thing to see when you have that portrayed by a male. Unique way of looking at it, I suppose, yeah. I think that article that you sent through, the Guardian one, um, which was suggesting loads of, um, you know, the films that could be gender-swapped, I think The Magnificent Seven would be really great. <laughs> yes, I know. I really want to see that happen. That would be amazing. Or even something like The Wild Bunch. Yeah, here's, I'm getting into my Western love here. Um, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Like, you know, instead of like the hardened old male cowboys, you have that, but with the women. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I also just like the little picture they've put up there, but it's just women with hats and guns and horses. It's just going to be that would just be immense. It would be so because the Western's such a I mean, they talk about the weird Western, but generally the Western, everyone, especially in films, it's such a traditional genre and everyone knows how it's going to pan out. But that would just be great to put women in uh, a genre that people kind of see as traditional and then just totally turn it on its head. Maybe we should gender swap the wild, wild West then. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Female sheriff. We can leave that one behind. I don't know. I think it's got potential. (laughs) not with the giant mechanical spider (laughs) what is with that (laughs) oh god yeah i don't think i've seen that for about 15 years (laughs) yeah 15 year gap is probably a good time in which to rewatch it and then again maybe in 15 years time it's uh i think that you know what i really liked about the nd wire article is that they um they said that Here's a quote. Uh, While we're overall happy that the gender swap trend is occurring, it's a phenomenon that we have to hope and trust is only temporary, a necessary phase to get us over the hump, but one that, in its faint ridiculousness, will hopefully encourage more female-centric screenwriting to happen in the first place. And I think that's the crux of gender swapping, really, that it is faintly ridiculous, and it is kind of like we're not quite there with actually producing original screenwriting for women but it could help us to get there it could open people's minds just a bit more and i think it is a step forward while i think that we've got a long way to go i think it's a great 
um, you know, and necessary step for, um, you know, Hollywood, who produces these leading films to to take. Yeah, I mean, although you look at something like Ghostbusters, so, you know, the first of these really big gender swapping um, franchise reboots, and, you know, it was written and directed by Paul Feig, who, of course, did Bridesmaids and The Heat and Spy and all these, you know, these comedies with women at the centre. So, you know, it's interesting that he sort of took on that that kind of crusade as such. I'm sure he doesn't see it that way. But, you know, it, it, it is interesting that he's he's done a couple of, um, you know, original comedies and then to really kind of up the ante and really try to bring that momentum, we've gone into gender swapping. I totally agree with you. And I, <laughs> and I agree with both of what you say. I think it's obviously... In a weird way, he's almost like the the Joss Whedon of the uh, of the movie industry, really, isn't he? Although I suppose you could argue that Joss Whedon is the Joss Whedon of the movie industry. But that aside, he like you say, he's kind of started out doing you know standard female comedies and has now moved on to take up one thing that is that is at the heart of of a lot of guys' affection. And I must admit, in a way, I was a bit kind of weirded out when it first started out. There was that meme that went around going oh this Ghostbusters isn't for you doing a picture of a man dressed up in Ghostbusters it's for her doing a picture of a little girl dressed up in Ghostbusters and I kind of went well I actually quite like the original Ghostbusters and I suppose the whole point of it was to have more movies out there but that had women in it but I quite liked the original and I felt that I could go away from it quite happy because the guys were all pretty mad and insane and yes they saved the day but they're kind of bumbling and inept and you have that whole bit of that when somebody asks you are you a god you say yes and it's like everybody was sitting there with a male or female going say yes say yes and I really liked Sigourney Weaver in it as well she was like she saw straight through their BS and she was like yeah bye out you go yeah I'm not I'm not standing for any of this and she was quite a good strong female character apart from then turning into a dog sorry spoilers if you've not seen the original (laughs) um but you know I I kind of like the original. Um, yeah, but it's it's that same thing where we're talking about how um, men seem to have, well, there's that kind of um, pervasive idea that if it's about women, men aren't interested, which is just stupid and wrong, quite frankly, because plenty of men love a good story about women. A lot of men love women. Why wouldn't they like to hear a story about them? And so, you know, that idea of that, that the new Ghostbusters isn't for men is ridiculous. Mm. Women can love the original Ghostbusters. I love the exactly. original Ghostbusters. Why can't a man love the the new ones? It does seem that in an effort to to sort of move the balance across a bit, you've almost gone a little bit too far in a, in a weird way, going, oh, no, it's not for men. It's like, well, no, it should be for everybody. So I asked my husband earlier, you know, the question that we've been discussing, is there any movies or books you'd like to see gender swapped? And he went... I don't really care if they're male or female. I just want a good story. And I think that's true. You want good stories and good characters that you can relate to. And women are perfectly able to relate to male characters on screen and males are perfectly able to relate to female characters on screen. I guess it's just this fact that there aren't that many women, female, strong female characters of this particular age bracket that we've been talking about that, you know, you can identify with whether you're male or female. Um, so yeah, I guess going back to your original question, what could be achieved by gender swapping is just trying to set the balance and get some good actresses, some you know, a bit more screen time, and and get some 
more inventive story writing hopefully in the future yeah and you use it as a stepping stone to yeah. actually creating you know at a grassroots level more interesting and diverse roles for women and i, I was actually i was thinking about sort of like not the first issue uh the first time i've ever seen gender swapping because it's not really gender swapping at all but one of the the earliest times when i kind of really appreciated kind of the changing of the narrative in terms of gender um and that was xena the warrior princess <laughs> because obviously she came into hercules which i loved and kevin sorbo oh lovely uh <laughs> and she was a really popular character so they just gave her a whole show but the thing is you know she was the first really powerful you know woman that i'd seen and she was awesome and she had the dark past and she was morally ambiguous and you know there was the female friendship which is now going to be canon and lesbian relationship which is even better um you know, and, and I was just thinking about that. And you can kind of see that it is, in a way, a kind of gender swapping of Hercules because she has, you know, the same sort of abilities, um, you know, and, and it's it's a very similar story and format. And obviously the show was a spin-off. So uh, to me, that's kind of one of my earliest ap- appreciation of uh, what could be done with this kind of idea. It's not a, really a gender swap, um, but it just when you were talking about Xena, it just made me think of, um, the, you know, the Avatar, um, you know, animation. So like the original Last Airbender. Um, if have you seen any of the Avatar? Not the film. We won't. We don't talk about the film. The one that has that came before Legend of Korra. Yeah. Um, and that's what I I just thought I. I watched that series and it was really, really great. And then I know it's not really about um, gender swapping because Cora is obviously her own character, but of course she is supposed to be a kind of reincarnation of the Avatar spirit. Um, and when you were talking about Xena, um, it just made me think that I don't know. I really, I haven't. I was. That's not a, a genre that I have, you know, dipped into much. But I really appreciated what the writers had done um, in, you know instead of recreating the old Avatar series, which was insanely popular, they actually grew the the storyline and they changed it. And Korra is very different from Aang and it, she goes about everything very differently. And also all of her relationships are um, hugely developed as well. And the world that she kind of lives in it is. And I, also they came, I thought was very interesting. Um, they only ever, I think, aired series one, because um, they got Nickelodeon pulled them, they axed it. Um, well, no, nobody really knows why, except that um, I think maybe they felt the writers were straying into territory that they, the producers, the money weren't particularly happy um, to be in. And of course, there's the whole, um, you know, the fact that Cora is gay, kind of at the end, you know, walking off with a Sammy, and that was like, wow, everyone, all the fans were like, this is amazing, but. Could you imagine it on like mainstream, you know, and and the fact that they axed it suddenly took on a whole much more kind of sinister um, meaning. And I just think, you know, that there are people out there kind of pushing, you know, actually creating roles for female characters and and not just building on what's gone before. But, you know, with that example, um, you know, The Last Airbender was really, really great they kind of use that as a springboard to kind of continue the story but you know giving more roles to women and I think it's um, maybe things like that that even though I know it's an animated um, 
series um obviously has no real women but uh you know it's great that that's that could be an example for you know what we take you know obviously bigger budget live action movies in legend of Korra, because i've not seen it um i know about it but is is the spirit then a masculine spirit then inside well reborn into a female is that nope um not really no the avatar is like the the one who can use all of four elements but they are they the spirit is actually okay they're kind of linked to this uh, i think it's this it is a kind of female possibly female kind of earth spirit or like mother nature spirit that is linked all the way back it's became she became the first avatar and i think i don't quote me on this because i watched it about a year ago um but i think the original spirit um was female and that's what actually ended up creating the avatar but the avatar themselves are constantly being reborn into different bodies some male and some female Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, it made me think of um, Dax in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So uh, as a trill, um, the, the symbiont goes into different bodies. And when we meet Dax, she used to be friends with Cisco in her previous host body, who was a man. And throughout the series, you know, Cisco refers to her as old man because, you know, when he knew, knew her first, she was a man. And it it's quite interesting. And, uh, you know, for the time when it was on in the 90s, it, it certainly broached some interesting subjects. But it would be nice. I mean, with new, you know, we're getting Star Trek Discovery, the new series. And it would be nice to see that sort of played with a bit more um, and, and really like look at the differences in gender and how, you know, a, a symbiont going from one gender to another. That could be really interesting. If we're going for... Um favorite gender swaps can i put in there um starbuck from battlestar galactica because when i was a kid i used to watch that and love it and it was on like um anyone in my generation remember six o'clock on bbc2 they had the adams family fresh prince of bel-air and then they re-ran buck rogers and bsg and all that kind of thing and i remember someone was trying to sell me um the new Battlestar, and they were like, oh, and Starbuck's a girl. And I'm like, no, you can't have Starbuck. No, no, because, you know, the original Starbuck was so cool and so smooth, and I loved him. And then I watched it, and I was just, that's amazing. I was just blown away by Katie Sackhoff, and both by the writing and the character that they gave her and how she portrayed it. It was just fantastic. Um, and that was definitely one of my early, earliest kind of looking at a character and going, actually, yeah, it, it works just as well with a woman as it does with a man and realizing that there could be, you know, some sort of crossover. But I guess even earlier than that was my favorite one is always going to be Ellen Ripley. And the fact that that was traditionally supposed to be written as a man. And someone said, well, you know, why can't we have Sigourney Weaver? It'd be just as good as a woman. And when I actually rewatched it, Alien, knowing that, I was like, oh yeah, I can totally see that. But uh, it's just, there's just such a, if, the, if it's done right, I think gender swapping can be done really really well and i think it explores some very interesting issues like um starbucks still had all of her issues that uh, or the issues that you would associate with a male in that sort of position and with that sort of character and they didn't shy mm. away from that yeah and she was a fighter and a drunk and all this kind of thing and i really like that because it's like well they're saying you know that that women can be like that and you know case sackoff I hope she doesn't mind me saying had a very nice body, um, nice and, and firm and muscled, but not completely over the top and really, really masculine to the point of, you know, just looking like a, a bloke. She was she was still slent, she was still feminine but strong. And I just I just thought that was great. Sorry, you've hit my sweet spot with Katie Sarkoff and Starbuck there, I'm afraid it's uh 
That's okay. I love her as well, and that and her <laughs> character is brilliant. It's really good. I was thinking about what kind of um, films or TV shows, books, just stories in general that I might like to see um, written with a gender swapping, and I had a thought. Um, <laughs> see if you can follow me with this one. No, so um, I'm a big MacGyver fan. I just love Richard Dean Anderson in that show. He's just brilliant. Um, and obviously, they're doing. They're currently rebooting it in this to a new TV show that looks absolutely appalling. And like they didn't even understand what the original was about. But that's neither here nor there. Let's ignore that for the time being. Uh, the sort of one of the the key aspects of the original series was that he was meant to be a different kind of hero you know he didn't like weapons and he was afraid of heights um and so he was this guy who did really awesome things and he was always you know go out saving people and you know saving people from terrorists and you know thwarting evil plans <laughs> Uh, but he he didn't like guns. He never touched guns, and he didn't you know he didn't like um, that kind of traditional violence. And so I just wondered, you know, if you took a character like MacGyver and then gender swapped that character, would they really be considered different, or would that sort of dislike of violence and weapons just kind of be seen as a, f- a female weakness rather than you know an asset to a this sort of different kind of hero okay that's really interesting i think that's really interesting because actually nobody would kind of bat an eyelid at the fact that it was a man with that attitude to weapons but as soon as it becomes a woman where you know people would start making assumptions that that's that the attitude is coming solely from her gender um which is really interesting um so i don't know the show at all except I remember it being on The Simpsons. That's as far <laughs> as my kind of knowledge goes. Um, but yeah, it's a really good question, and maybe that's some of the things that you that that maybe film producers might have to come up against. You know, actually that um, portrayal. You know, actually it's just people's. It's it's just view assumptions um, about um, you know men and women's different behaviors um and and i think that's a really good example of something that could be be definitely misconstrued um and you know and attributed to gender rather than as part of of someone's personality i think it would all depend on context and also the writing would have to be just right i think because obviously macgyver had his own way of of um of solving these um crimes and murders and things like that and uh I think if you were going to do that and gender swap it, you would have to give careful thought as to how uh, a female character would solve this and make sure you didn't fall into stereotypes. So it would be all right to, you know, brush against one stereotype of, oh, I don't like guns and whatever, but it would depend why she doesn't like guns. For example, you know, oh, I had a a son who was killed or I'm really maternal or something would be, would be a no, no. Um, And how they solved it, as long as it wasn't traditionally, female and it wasn't she wasn't you know using her body to kind of get away around things you know for 50 percent of the time and only using her brain for the other 50 percent then I think it would be done all right I think if you got the right if you got the correct writer and a good director I think you probably could do that and make it seem very um very natural and very believable 
because uh, it's interesting because they did that with Doctor Who, didn't they? When uh, when they rebooted it with um, Christopher Eccleston and uh, David Tennant were like, well, less so David Tennant, but they were they were quite sort of quite pacifist. And you're right, it worked quite well as a man. But I wonder if they rebooted it with a woman who was also pacifist. Well, you know, whether that would have been would have been the same. Oh, speaking of which, what do we think of a female Doctor Who? Yes or no? Uh, yes. Lucy. Um. Well, I don't see why not. Um, I like Doctor Who. I don't really have any strong opinions that it has to be a man. So, yeah, I'm totally up for the possibility. Is it a possibility? Well, it comes around each time they have a new Doctor Who, doesn't it? And there's sort of mm. this outcry of, no, it can't be It can't be a, a woman. I don't know why. Um, I think it would again, be quite cool, actually. Well, they've kind of brushed against it with um, Missy, haven't they? Um, being Sorry, spoilers, if you haven't seen the episodes of Doctor Who with Missy, please turn off now. But with Missy being the reincarnation of the Master, um, although I did Ooh. love John Sim as the Master. I love so, him. He's yeah. amazing. But I've never heard of this Missy character. Haven't you? It was. Yeah. Now, you see, I'm going to call her Sue White, but that's not right because that was the name of her character in Green, Green Wing. Michelle Gomez, that's it. Um, married to the very lovely... Um, Davenport, Jack Davenport from Pirates. Sorry, I'm I'm doing my IMB quoting. Sorry, I tend to absorb these things and remember them. But no, Michelle, the very excellent Michelle Gomez, um, who played the character quite zany, but zany differently from the mas- from um, John Sims Master, um, but still kind of retaining that energy and things. And I quite like that. And I thought she made a very good Missy, a very or very good Master or whatever. I don't know with a female Doctor Who. Again, it would have to be written well. I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter whether it's male or female, so long as it is believable and written well and follows, you know, the the previous incarnation to a certain extent. Yeah, and as long as it retains the essence of the character, mm. um, you know, I think that's the most important. With something as iconic as Doctor Who that's been running since the sixties, um, you know, it's it's. I do appreciate that you know people don't like their tro- toes to be trodden on but it's a kind of a, a, there is a line between you know not pushing boundaries at all and not moving on at all and and you know um paying respect to you know long running shows um so you know if it's done well then I think that's great and it would provide really interesting storytelling opportunities yeah Anything else you'd love to see uh, rebooted with gender swapping? Yeah, I've got a big long list. Do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> yes, give us your list. <laughs> well, I say I quite like the Guardian's Expender Bells. I thought that was quite good fun. But here's an interesting one. How about Flash Gordon rebooted? As a woman. Okay. As a woman. Yeah. And then the other two that I thought of, that particularly with modern audience, would be very good. I quite like the idea of rebooting the Witches of Eastwick with men or Death Becomes Her because they're very kind of girly roles and they're they're not necessarily strong women but they're very boisterous and they're very I suppose they're a bit like the Ghostbusters they've got you know good chemistry and very very strong personalities Mm -hmm. and I wondered how that would go with with men in the roles I know that's the wrong way for gender swapping but it's not I quite like that idea yeah well that's true yeah but they they were the, the two Two that I thought could work if done well and with the right characters could be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Can you imagine Clueless gender swapped? <laughs> it just came to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, it would basically it would be... be Chris Hemsworth's character from um, from Ghostbusters, wouldn't it? I know you haven't seen it, Lucy, but he's basically 
yeah, dizzy blonde, but in the bloke style Um That would be good. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably go to see that. Clueless with, with men. <laughs> Clueless with men. Like the title. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one thing I sort of thought about when I was trying to th- think of um, things I'd like to see flipped, I'd kind of like to see, you know, Stephen King's Misery, the other way around. Ah, I don't know. I just find that I would find it interesting to have, you know, the man who's the crazy one keeping her in there, and I mean, I know that. That has, you know, that there are stories like that, but you know, in, in terms of being, you know, that that kind of needy crazy, uh, <laughs> I I think that that would be just interesting to see because we don't see a lot of that um, with men. Um, but the other thing for me, and again, I'm doing with like you, Charlotte. I'm going uh, from women to men, um, <laughs> but Disney films was the one that I thought of because so many of them you know it's about the princesses and the princes are just kind of there to be pined after or there to do you know kiss them awake again or you know they're not really there's nothing interesting going on with the disney princes so i would like a disney story where it's like the guy is the main character and the guy is the one that's about to fall ahead over heels and it's from his perspective and i just think that would be nice that would be really awesome. And do you know what? You know, there's the new Beauty and the Beast, which has always been my favourite Disney. But mm. it would be kind of cool. I'm sure it's not going to be it. But it would be awesome if, like, it was focused completely on the Beast, like it was his tail. Because, you know, well, Belle is... Well, it is his tail, I, I, really. It's, you know, it's it his is, curse. It is his curse. But even in the Disney version, it seems to be yeah. more Belle that, all, who does yeah, the kind it's of... about Belle. You know, it's her... POV most of the time but it would be great because you could have like it go right back into his origins and why he got cursed and I mean I know we we know on the surface why but actually deeper than that that you know why did he turn into such a shallow prick (laughs) yeah but but have you noticed in Beauty and the Beast if you actually look at the lyrics very closely okay so that Rose is supposed to bloom until his 21st year but he's been if you listen to what Lumiere says he says 10 years we've been rusting so that means he got cursed when he was 11 that's a pretty mean thing to do to a child (laughs) he was 11 all all 11 year olds are brats he just made a mistake yeah and what where were his parents (laughs) surely they should open the door to strange women in the night Yes, we have questions, Disney. <laughs> but yes, that would be a really good one. Disney Disney characters, um, you know, give the men a chance. It's just a really funny thing to say because usually men get all the chances, but actually that's a, a good example of when it's mostly the women's stories, you know, the princesses' stories. Well, I'm going to be all academic on you here and um, talk about fairy tales given that it's my sweet spot, along with Katie Sackhoff, obviously. <gasps> Katie Sackhoff in fairy tales. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> But um, the the original um, fairy tales were originally told by women to women, I think, um, or there's certainly a, a long history of it. I think there was there's one story um, about I think it was the Brothers Grimm who wanted to hear one woman who would tell stories, and she wouldn't tell it to a, a to a guy because the whole point of the stories for women was that they were ways to express fears to teach their their daughters about things. So obviously, Beauty and the Beast is designed specifically to 
say to a woman, look, you know, if you marry a beast, don't worry, he could actually be a prince inside. You just have to be nice and patient and kind and caring to him and it'll all be fine, which is obviously a story that, you know, most mothers in those days would have to tell to their kids of, of arranged marriages. But they were very often told by women for women. So I think it was um, the Brothers Grimm who had to send in a young girl to go and talk to this woman and listen to her stories because the woman would not tell it to the Brothers Grimm because they were men. And it was sort of a almost an underground resistance movement. So obviously Beauty and the Beast was to encourage women to get married, but there are other ones that, you know, tell of, of different stories, a bit more vengeful, you know, that have uh, slightly less happy endings for the princes, which is probably why when they come to be done now, there is such a focus on, on the women. Um, and, the, you know, it's probably told from their point of view because the original stories were very much by women for women. But sorry, that's, that was... No, that's, that's really interesting. In fact, I had no idea. Didn't I've never looked at Beauty and the Beast in that light. I thought it was all about... Uh, you know, telling women that, you know, if you're attracted to strange, large, hairy man beasts, then that's OK, because, <laughs> you know, it takes all sorts. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I always thought it was more of, um, you know, falling in love with your kidnapper and, and that kind of thing, which is Ooh. less of a good message. But <laughs> yeah, um, but it's, it's interesting that you're talking about uh, fairy tales and, and, you know, telling them to sort of talk about fears. And, you know, again, that's kind of why I think it would be nice to have that for men because you know there's all that movement about having men talking about depression and such because it is something that hasn't hasn't really found um it's it's really you know men are still kind of afraid to come out about um issues of anxiety and depression and you know we need to talk to them about it and that it's okay that men have these feelings too so I think that would be that'd be really good yeah, it's a, that equally damaging stereotype, isn't it? The the toxic masculinity, um, you know, which is totally unrealistic, is it's just as unrealistic as, um, you know, as, as all of those really damaging female stereotypes. But again, we tend to talk about the female stereotypes rather than the male ones. And that's, of course, what feminism is all about, is that, you know, we need to address both sides of the gender debate. Uh, just a, another uh, sort of gender swapping that i'd like to see is you know how in in slasher films i know i the i've not seen it but i've been told that the first friday the 13th is uh is a female baddie but you know most of them like scream and sore and all that you know you've got it's it's kind of generally a man behind the mask i want to see some more women i want to see some more women slasher films and i want to see you know women who are Really chainsaw nasty. wielders yeah yeah we can be chainsaw wielders too <laughs> <laughs> actually that would be pretty good <laughs> it would be good i suspect that thinking about the the women villains that i know again a lot of them are motivated by well we're back to the issue of rape again aren't we or quite often by the loss of a child or something like that mm. so i guess what you're asking for is you'd quite like to see some women who are crazy just for the hell of it. A bit like um, Kathy Bates and Misery that you were talking about earlier. Hmm. Uh, she's kind of crazy just because of it. Um, so yeah, it would be it would be good again. I suppose there's always Stephen King. He's uh, he's got plenty of crazy women in there that are crazy just for no apparent reason. Uh, so yeah, maybe some more Stephen King stories. In fact, maybe Stephen King could write us some more stories with crazy ass women in it. That would be quite good. <laughs> and I bet they'd be made into films by Hollywood, given that uh, Stephen King is basically a uh, a ticket to uh, big profits these days. You hear that, Stephen King? Charlotte has given you an ultimatum, so you better follow through. 
Well, thank you again for listening to today's episode of Breaking the Glass Slipper. Make sure you head to our website, breakingtheglassslipper.com, for all episode notes, so links to the articles we mention and uh, a list of every sort of film that we mentioned in, in the episode as well. And check back with us in two weeks for yet another episode of Breaking the Glass Slipper.